Beast High. Hi, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we're here today to talk about Minute 78 of High School Musical 2. Minute 78 starts out with Sharpay scoffing and ends with Fulton explaining to Sharpay that her brother is one of those wildcats, I'm told. Oh, dear. Condra, here's my question for you. Us? We're here to talk about High School Musical 2 one minute at a time? Together? Yes. Unlike Ryan and Sharpay, who are no longer in us. No, they have divided and they are them. So they're not them. They're they're two separate entities. He is he and she is she. And we are all together. <laughs> I am you. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> I am the walrus. Yeah. Oh, man, it's been a while since I thought about that. I don't listen to Magical Mystery Tour if I'm listening to the Beatles. That's why. Mm. Although I have been listening to there's this there's this YouTube channel called um one hour Beatles where you could just like listen to a Beatles song that's looped for one hour. And I like the Hey Jude one because it doesn't loop the na 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 part. It loops ah. the main part of the song. So for 58 minutes, you're being built up to the na part. And then when it finally hits, it's like crazy. <laughs> Cause I was listening to it yesterday while I was grading tests. And I was like, well, I'm definitely going to be here for an hour, so let's just do it. And I listened to the whole thing. And it finally got there, and I was like, oh, my God. That's awesome. And then and then, my class was doing just, like, solo group work today. So I put it on <laughs> to see if anyone would notice. And it played for, like, 20 minutes, and no one noticed. Oh, my gosh. They were focused. Well, they noticed, but they didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So what were we talking about? <laughs> so we're talking about Sharpay's disgruntled nature at Ryan. She calls them, she calls the Wildcats dishwashers. She is so concerned that the Wildcats are going to take away the Star Dazzle Award and that doesn't the Star Dazzle Award mean anything to Ryan and <laughs> the fake award that your parents made up just to give to you. Yeah. Yeah. She specifically says, just because I want to get the flow of the conversation. Sorry. Well, she doesn't specifically say, because I don't remember it. But just to clarify the, the whole us thing. Like, you want us to lose to those dishwashers? And then Ryan has the retort, us? us? What do you mean, us? There is no us. Well, I guess that's showbiz. Which <laughs> is a very much... She, she said that to him earlier, so it's a throwback. Okay. I was like, was that a callback? I couldn't remember if it was a callback to earlier in this movie or the first movie. These things all blend together. And Ryan spins it when Sharpay is like, you're one of them now. And he's oh, like, well, no. I'll take that as a compliment, which reminded me oh. of Gravity Falls in a very weird way. Because Mabel in Gravity Falls spins insults into compliments towards her. Like, she knows their insults, but she's like, I'll take that as a compliment. There's one in particular that, like, uh, Pacifica insults her name, and she's like, I'll take that as a compliment. And I just thought Ryan, like, nothing can break his stride. Nobody can slow him down. Oh, no. He's got to keep on moving. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I've, I'm, I'm reversing a policy. You're allowed to go as into detail you want on Gravity Falls, but still not on Avatar. 
But that's not fair. I've not seen Gravity Falls as many times as I've seen Avatar. <laughs> I know. I thought it would be a fun, like, self-deprecating thing because I also haven't seen Gravity Falls. Oh, I've seen Gravity so to, Falls. So, I've just not only so seen to it me, once. it's not cliche. Like to me, it's not cliche and boring to just reiterate the same points. Oh. <laughs> but for the audience, it's still probably like, why are they talking about something else? We're here to talk about High School Musical. <laughs> Because if you're 78 minutes into our second season of High School Musical content, y'all should know what we're doing by now. <laughs> you know it's, you're not here for the critical analysis. You're here for the goofs. And the goofs include in this minute a lot of scoffing. Sharpay's just like, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. And I'm just yeah. like, it's so much. This is definitely a moment where I wish... Sharpay had more of the Miss Piggy energy and would just like karate chop Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> just give him a good old hiya. Yeah. That that would be different. She channels her energy in a more healthy way though. <laughs> but first she does the same thing. Like this is so much reminding me of the bathroom scene in the last movie. <laughs> yeah, cuz so Ryan walks out um all like smirky and proud of himself smug that's a good word and i like i like how ryan's in like a black t-shirt very different than his usual very different and not and he's not in the wildcat getup either he's just in like jeans and a black t-shirt which is a great look Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyway speaking of great looks (laughs) sharpay turns towards that sort of wall mirror that's in the rehearsal room and she just like bumps her hair up and shimmies her shoulders and like resets herself yeah she she basically she doesn't make a kissy face the way she did in the last movie but she basically does the same thing where she distracts herself by looking into a mirror but it doesn't quite perk her up enough so she needs to resort to other tactics to be perked up (laughs) and so through this whole scene the uh drummer from earlier who was at the rehearsal has just been sitting in his drum kit, like looking at going over music. the sheet music, like just making sure he's got every rhythm and beat down, which is fine, I guess. Like we were actually commenting in the previous minute how it was weird that everyone just ran out all at once because usually people linger and like have to clean up or yeah. change their clothes or grab their water bottle or something. And everyone was just like, boom, gone. And so this one guy staying back was like, okay. Did they just like not want him to have like not want to have him clang on the drum kit to exit the scene? They just wanted to like have him be there. But it turns out they're setting up a joke where Sharpay turns and sees him and says, give me a beat such that when she's walking out the room, she can be walking out in style. She's strutting down her imaginary runway in her mind. She's (laughs) feeling powerful. Well, it's this thing where like, it's advised for women on the street to appear more intimidating, to put in music that makes you feel powerful and basically strut to yeah. to seem more intimidating. And she she doesn't it's not an intimidation thing. She's just like building herself up. Like this is this is her means of like setting her brain in the right mood. Kind of like how certain like athletes will listen to certain music before games or like that kind of stuff. I, I that's how it's- I interpreted it. It's interesting because she wants her, she wants the world around her to fit her perception of the world. Yeah. So it's yeah. not even it's not even like she wants to change her mood by giving herself inputs from outside. She wants to 
make the world around her bend to fit her will. Yeah. So it's almost like the opposite of that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it does. <laughs> she's morphing. She's utilizing her privilege. Because she's very rude to the drummer when she's like, give me a beat. Yeah, she doesn't even say please. And she just interrupts him and he like scrambles to, he throws his sheet music and just like scrambles. <laughs> and it's not even like that impressive of a beat either. No. The acoustics aren't great in this room, so it's kind of just like echoey. But it does what she wants it to do, which is give her a powerful exit. Yeah, and we get this we get this transition here where Sharpay struts off screen and then struts back onto screen in a different outfit. Mm-hmm. Albeit, but Yeah, this the scene change comes with an outfit change, which is always a nice nice time for Sharpay. Well, it's like they they bought 16 outfits for Ashley to wear over the course of the movie. They got to fit them all in. Absolutely. And this one's quite iconic. Did we ever do the thing? Did we ever do the thing where we counted Sharpay's outfits? Because we should have. We should have. Missed opportunity. Did we do that in the last movie? I think we retroactively counted. What what was what running bits have we had? In Fantastic Mr. Fox, we counted how many times they said cuss instead of swearing. Yeah. And I think that's that it? really it. We're not we're not any more clever than that. No. Okay. <laughs> At least not to my knowledge. I don't know. I don't have all my brain from the last several years, so. Me neither. I don't have your brain. <laughs> and I don't have my brain. I need the wizard to to give me one. <laughs> remember the I, Wizard of Oz? Yeah, yeah. I got I got Wizard of Oz. Remember like remember that classic movie from 80 years ago that Everyone has seen. 1939, yes. I was yeah, talking about exactly. that movie at work today. That's the reason I can pull the date like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you, I, you, I, the moment you said it, I was right. For some reason, I was thinking it was literally 80 years because it was. I was thinking 1942, but no. It's 39 for sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, Sharpay walks back into screen and she has her dog with her. Yeah. Whose name I'm forgetting. You mean boy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it was a dumb name, but that, that, that's worse than I remembered it being. It's Kenny Ortega's dog. I know that in real life it's Kenny Ortega's dog, but in real life is his dog named Boy? I don't think so. I do like that it's not, I don't think it's said until like Fabulous Adventure too. So like this is totally, <laughs> I, or maybe it's in the novelization. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it only makes sense if you've read the novelization, Condra. Um, it would have been cute if the dog was named like Ryan 2 or something. <laughs> or like Glitz or something like that. Like, Yeah. I or, feel like it have been too on the nose if it was like Fifi or something like that, though. Yeah, I think that's literally Miss Piggy's dog. It is Miss Piggy's dog, yeah. <laughs> is there like a Broadway character? That she could have named him oh, after. Oh, or an actor. She could have named him like Simba or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been some beautiful company. Grand synergy. Yeah. yeah. So Sharpay is wearing like a, a black dress with that's lined with this like white shiny fabric. And she's yeah. got her hair in pigtails, like low pigtails. And is wearing a tiara. As yeah. is her dog. <laughs> Definitely wearing a tiara. Because she's in charge and has to remind Fulton that she's a little princess. Because 
the last couple times. Like, we've seen her in this tiara in Fulton's office before. Tiara is such, like, a bold fashion choice. It really is. It, it's a Like, look. if you went out into your life wearing a tiara just to, like, Target, that would be terribly weird. Yeah. I also don't have a great tiara, so <laughs> I have I forgot one. that you have one. <laughs> I go to Ren Fairs. Of course I do. <laughs> so Sharpay walks in and says something to the effect of, Fulton, you've got to stop the Wildcats. They're going to make the Star Dazzle show a farce. She, oh, she no. actually says, the Star Dazzle show means <laughs> a lot to, to my, my family. Fam- me and my family. <laughs> oh, dear. Except Ryan. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just like... Excuse me, fix this thing that I've complained about this entire movie. And it's nice to see Fulton again, though. Yeah, the last time we saw Fulton, he was reminding people that this wasn't Dr. Phil. Yep. (laughs) Which wasn't that long ago. No, but it feels like ages. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's interesting because like this is just kind of the same plot beat that's been going on. She's like... She doesn't want the Wildcats to win the talent show or be in the talent show. I guess now it's escalating it because, like, originally she just wanted to make sure that Troy sang with her instead of with them. Mm-hmm. And for, like, Gabriella to be out. But that really hasn't come to fruition. So it seems like she's asking at this point for the Wildcats to just be banned outright. Yeah. We're, we don't get the full conversation in this minute, so we'll just do predictions. But it is interesting that Fulton brings up the fact that that her brother is part of that now. Like, he's like, well, do you want me to kick out your brother then? And and that's an interesting point for him to raise. And assuming she has any compassion for Ryan, I guess. It's interesting that Fulton also cut right to the chase with that. He's like, I know what you want me to do. And I'm telling you that that's going to involve your brother being also kicked out. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that what you want? He didn't like go, oh, I'll take care of it, Miss Evans, or anything yeah. like that. He like he knew like because at least Fulton can talk to Sharpay, frankly, yeah, and doesn't have to like literally just say yes, ma'am. Yeah. If that's, I don't know how much more you have to talk about their discussion, but I have some notes on Fulton's office because I feel like we have a much better picture of the office in this minute than we have previously. I have one question, and that is, when Sharpay gets done asking her question, does the dog growl like a little bit, or is that just like a noise from Fulton standing up out of his chair? I couldn't tell. I think that's a noise from Fulton standing up. I don't think it's the dog. Because it seems like too, yeah, it seems like too low pitch of a growl, but it was like, it was hard to tell, and I was like, why did they have that sound there? Seems like it was too weird. Yeah. I don't think the dog is like that trained, so. <laughs> the dog has impeccable comedic timing, much like the dogs in Fantastic Mr. Fox who knew exactly when to faint. Mm-hmm. This dog also, comedic timing, down. Perfect. So what's interesting in Fulton's office? So first off, when we see Sharpay entering the office, we see he has a desk plate. And we see on that desk plate his first name, which <gasps> is... Whoa. Do you want to take a guess? Dennis. Nope. Dennis. Nope. Um, Kirkpatrick. No. Felix. No. 
But all good, all good guesses. Phil? No. But you're more on track of it. Yeah, it's a pretty common name. Michael Fulton. (laughs) 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 What is it, Condra? It is Thomas. Tom Felton? No. (laughs) Although he would have been popular. Can you imagine if Tom Felton was this role in this movie? Because he was also still like 14. (laughs) Yeah, not even. Oh, maybe, maybe like 14, yeah. Um, so we see that. And then in addition to that, we see behind Fulton how he has decorated his office. He has decorated it with headshots and promo shots from his past performances. There's one still where he's like holding the skull in front of him. There's another. That- I did not notice any of this. Oh my God, it's so good. There's a poster for one play that's called an onion for papa um i think i saw that yeah there's just a bunch of theater pictures in the background and it's all like these funny shots that you would imagine are like headshots or like promo shots kind of thing and it's all definitely that act like the actor and stuff and they just had to do this little shoot to decorate this office which i just think is hilarious and there's also like a the theater masks as like a little statuary and there's like a jester hat sitting on a bust like he's brought some <laughs> of his old costuming and like so it kind he of really makes is just sense. Darbus 2.0 yeah yeah it, it it's aligning with our theory of Darbus 2.0 but also like then makes sense why he's so supportive of the Stardazzle talent show like the Midsummer talent <laughs> show and because he just loves theater yeah, he needs one stage performance a year to just like get it out of his system. Yeah, he like stress he, and he has he's like the stage manager type guy for it. So like it stresses him out. Yes, he, he has to like sweat bullets for a week and then it's done and then he can recharge his desire to do it for another year. He's like Santa Claus. <laughs> Fulton is Santa. I also looked up to see if um, an onion for Papa was anything, and as far as I could tell, the top search results were just. What is this from in the background of High School Musical 2? Is it anything? Amazing. Which leads me to believe that it's not anything. I love, though, that that's the top search results. That's pretty <laughs> great. So this conversation continues into the next minute. So um, we, we hear Sharpay's response in the next minute. She to- goes, oh, and then it kind of ends. <laughs> yeah. So... So... Do you want to talk about our DCOM of the Week segment? I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I'm not asking you about Chicken Little. <laughs> no. No. What is our Decom of the Week segment, Condra? So we're going going way back. We're doing a traditional Decom of the Week segment in which I give you the title and a few sparse details of a Decom, a Disney Channel original movie. And you speculate what it's about, and I try and summarize it quickly. When you said we're going way back, I was hoping that it wasn't a Disney Channel premiere film. No, 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 it's not. It's a new one. Or maybe one. hoping that it was a Disney Channel premiere film, because I like those. I know. Anyway, what movie are we talking about? So you are going to guess the plot of the 2014 film Cloud Nine. It came out in January of 2014. It stars Dove Cameron and Luke Benward. Uh, Dove Cameron from Descendants, and she had a Disney Channel show. I think it was Good Luck Charlie. 
It was written by Justin Ware and directed by Paul Hohen. And one of its producers, or two of the producers, you may recognize their names, Tyler. The first one being Ashley Tisdale. And then, and then this is going to be my big clue. One of the other producers is Sean White. Okay. Yeah, that does clear things up a little bit because I was like, is this a, is this like a Jetsons (laughs) thing where they like live in the clouds in the future? That'd be cool. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So, if Sean White's involved, then it probably involves winter sports i.e. skiing or snowboarding. And so cloud nine, something about either like the air that you get when you're ski uh, snowboarding on like a half pipe type thing and you want to get big air or just like the you get to a top of a mountain and you're up really high and then you ski down it. So, yeah, I don't know if we've done like a, a winter sports movie yet. We did Among the decoms ice, that we've covered. Didn't we do an ice skating one? Yeah, ice skating, I guess, is a slightly different genre of it, though. Like a like a skiing, snowboarding. Like, of all the sports that we've covered, like basketball and soccer and mm-hmm. all those. To be fair, Gotta Kick It Up was a dancing movie, not a soccer movie. <laughs> Still mad about that. <laughs> um, okay, so we have, yeah, we have... Obviously, the girl snowboards, and that's, like, slightly transgressive because snowboarding is for boys. And then there's uh, a boy snowboarder who prefers just being in the in the lodge making hot cocoa, but his dad keeps pressuring him into doing <laughs> extreme, extreme winter sports. And so they've got this kind of friendly rivalry that buds into a friendship and maybe a romance between this young man and young woman who are elite snowboarders. They like want to make it to the X games. It's like a weird, like maybe they don't call it the X games. Cause that's like branded. They want to make it to like the, the T games or the Y games or something. <laughs> the Z games, I guess sounds the best. So yes, yeah, so we've got our girl who comes from like lower class background and, you know, doesn't get the, chance very often to go skiing slash snowboarding and the opening scene she's skiing and then she's like seeing all the stuff that the snowboarders do and she can't do which isn't that much i'm pretty sure most of those skills are like they're different skills so they're not like transferable but like any if you're going down a hill on one thing you can go down the hill on the other thing in relatively the same manner (laughs) Um, snowboarding is a little bit more easy to do the half pipe tricks um, mm-hmm. so she like randomly gets a, like the free pass from the school ski club to, to go. And she gets noticed by a talent scout on the mountain, or maybe she like rescues a kid or something and then gets to be like a, a ski instructor for the winter because the, the lodge is so thankful. And then she's up there all winter and she's making friends with this other kid who's like, the rich kid, but he's actually humble, and his dad really wants him to be a be a great snowboarder, but he doesn't really care. He'd rather just teach the kids how to ski and and help and help people. And their friendship gets them to a point, and then um, at a certain point, they like get involved in like a dangerous situation, maybe a, an avalanche or 
one of them's hanging off of a cliff and then you get a, a big old like adventure action scene and they realize what they really want out of life and she goes on to like win the games and he is cheering her on from the sideline and everyone gets what they want except the dad but you know he was mean mm-hmm. and then yeah it's it's over okay definitely some stuff there you pick up some <laughs> tropes so but the girl is the main character so i said the girl was the main character oh, okay you were just, i just i i got stuck i guess in i mean in, in a it. sense they're deuterogonists they're like dual leads but yeah yeah like the 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 underdog was the, was the girl yeah okay so my quick summary of this so Dove Cameron's character is a really talented snowboarder. She is on this team with her boyfriend and some other folks, and the, their competition is called Fire and Ice. Oh, man. Which is pretty cool. And they beat out last year uh, the most renowned um, snowboarder who had failed trying to do... A, one his own trick that he had invented and he he failed and so they won and he kind of fell out of the limelight and they her parents own the resort that they they ski at or snowboard at and um so there's a lot of accusation like she's not actually that good she's like buying her way in and um she and her boyfriend steal the the fallen snowboarders um sled and they crash it and she's the only one that gets in trouble and so that brings her into the realm of this fallen snowboarder and is helping like pay back and stuff like replaces replaces the equipment that she damaged and um she's also helping at the dog kennel that he his family runs so there's lots of dogs in this movie too so is um, this like a is this like a love triangle movie? Uh no, because shortly thereafter her boyfriend breaks up with her because she's a distraction and she gets kicked <laughs> off the team. And so it turns into this, oh, I'm going to show up my ex and the the fallen snowboarder, uh his name is Will, is like, "Well, your skills aren't all that good like you could work on them. And so she takes this time to like convince him and he's like, well, you don't have a team. And she, she finds some teammates and she, she finds she's replaced on her old team. And this is literally just like every, yeah. Like every sports movie. She does like a caddy, like, Oh, double studs are so last year. That was like literally in the plot summary was like that. She says that line and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, so she does like a mean girls thing to the the replacement who's also mean to her and she just starts training and while she's training she as payment for her training she's going to remodel the dog kennel and um with her family's money I guess and so why why her parents let her do that I don't know but here we are and they they work really hard. He gets back into snowboarding after like a year off and they all start like he becomes friends with her and but she's still like gunning to win and she's like, "Well, teach me the 
the trick cloud nine, which is what he flopped on. Oh yeah. And um, I forgot to loop that into why it was called that in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she gets stuck in an avalanche trying to do the trick. Um, right. There's an avalanche. And, um, then finds out like that the boyfriend is now dating the new girl. Um, (laughs) it's a lot of like back and forths of like, oh, you're no good. Okay, I'm going to teach you to do, like, how to do the cloud nine kind of thing. Like, she eventually just gets to that point. And the the new girl eggs her on, basically, to the point that um, she she does it. And uh, Will gets really excited. And they seem like a, a couple. But in between that time... She kind of gets invited back into it because she does the good trick and like. No, I'm not like that anymore. I'm good now. No, yeah. basically she like dumps the jacket instead and is like, no, I've moved on, and um, it go back and forth and it's like the nail biter thing where she needs to do it perfectly to get the 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 score and win, and her there's also this background stuff of like the father not believing in her and all that good stuff so like she overcomes that and is like i did good and then the boyfriend at the end or the ex at the end is like i was told to do that to you and she's like no i don't care and she like lands the perfect score and wins and then she is with with the other snowboarder so yeah it's it's like every trope but there's also dogs yeah. involved and and there's- like mean girls and bring it on kind of stuff. There's this weird like thing that these like kids, kids movies do. And, and oftentimes it's like kids concept where it's like a sport or like an activity where it's like riches to rags to riches. Like, yeah, they start off like on the good team and then they have to go on to the bad team and then they like have to tell the good team no again. Like, wasn't that the bowling one? I don't like it's all of them. It's yeah. like the it's it's I'm the, it's the rugby the, movie. <laughs> yeah. But there's the added mean girls stuff in it. What a chum just like yeah. why. So um nice job. Thank you. Do we know why Ashley Tisdale was involved? Does she appear in the movie or No. She's just a producer. It's a decom in the in the early two thousand tens and All right. She's still involved. Yeah. Um and presumably it's still on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus, yes. Wowee. Well, I'm probably not going to watch it. Nope. <laughs> so, anything else, Condra? That's all I got. What about you? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to go on like a 10-minute rant real quick. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Where can people find us on the internet? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite type of skiing, snowboarding, traveling downhill. The luge. I was going to say sledding, cool, cool running. Tubing. <laughs> uh, special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to find out if Fulton does Sharpay's bidding or if Ryan and the Wildcats get their way. You can bet on it. <laughs> <laughs>